Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Big Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Melogude. In this episode, I'll be having a conversation with my guest, Paul O'Connor, a friend, brother, former colleague, and fellow cybersecurity professional. Paul shared how a professor's lecture during a class in accounting for information security systems consolidated his interest in cybersecurity, the importance of having good mentors, the soft skills that, that have helped him so far, his hands-on methods of motivating his team, and some advice for anyone trying to enter the field of cybersecurity. And of course, once again, I brought up the V8 tomato juice incident from way back. Thank you for joining us. Here is my conversation with Paul O'Connor. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, long time no see, and it's it's nice to be able to talk once again. Um, I'm, I know we promised to to do some Zoom um, a while ago, but then everyone's schedule is kind of crazy. So yeah, right. Yep, a lot of craziness. Yeah, yeah. And again, um, I was going to say congrats on your new role as manager um, inside a thread. Um, I knew that was a long time coming. So once again, congrats. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So to start with, um, could you briefly describe the path that got you to where you are today um, in terms of education, certifications, and so on? Sure. So I'll try not to ramble on. But um, <laughs> so when, when I first got into college, like most people, I'd, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just did the what I figured was the baseline, most uh, expansive thing that, that covered a lot of industries which was accounting so i just got into that worked on that major did not enjoy it but kept on it uh, ended up getting a, a job in accounting at the the current place that i work still did not enjoy it even in the, the actual industry so but i kept at it went for my master's and and during the course of my master's program is when i got kind of introduced into cybersecurity and, and that whole industry and the need for it. And I immediately switched my major to a master's in cybersecurity at, at a different university and started reaching out to cybersecurity leaders in my organization saying, you know, I'm, I'm interested in getting into this field. If you ever need me for anything, this is the class I'm going for. At the time, I had gotten the CEH because there were no real experience requirements around that certification. So right. I had gotten that. I, I kind of showed people that, that, one, I was interested, but two, I was willing to put in the work for it. And I was eventually able to get a role in risk management with the, the cybersecurity focus. And while I was there, I started getting put on more of the incident related stuff and and I got introduced to the security operations team side and incident response work and so after some time in risk management I ended up moving into a more focus on security operations and spent a good amount of time in there just really attacking everything that that was thrown at me and and eventually being able to manage things well enough to to where I got offered this new position here that that I'm starting that's that's a very um I would say encouraging path because the the fundamental goal of this podcast is actually to show people that regardless of your background, you can actually have and keep a job in cybersecurity. So thanks thanks for sharing that with us. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely just about keeping at it and, and really 
putting in the work and and people recognize that right right so um next here is why do you love cybersecurity and how long have you worked in the field so far so why do i love cybersecurity yep i, I think i like the concept of being able to protect people not in the traditional physical sense as with you know military police physical security type jobs but more in a way that is still impactful on people's lives if there's a cyber attack that's successful someone's bank accounts get cleared out their credit score gets destroyed or or worse in some scenarios you know it can really impact someone's life it may not be a threat to them physically but it can still be equally impactful if that makes sense to to things that are not as tangible as physical harm so being able to to be in an industry where you can prevent things like that from happening based on the work that you put in is really encouraging to me and and what keeps me going in it and right. then go ahead i'm sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> no i was just going to ask what was the second part again oh yeah um how long have you worked in the field Uh so I've worked in the field 4 years now or yeah 4 nice nice it's actually something I agree with totally because the ability to protect people in ways that the people you're protecting are not even seeing um now we're approaching holiday season and a lot of people are going to be swiping their credit card credit and debit cards and many people don't even think about what goes be beyond that swiping activity and mm-hmm. they expect to wake up the next day and still see their account balance the same way they left it the previous day but a lot of a lot of work actually goes um behind that so that if you just so that you don't just wake up and see your account balance is now zero and you start mm-hmm. freaking right. out and calling the police and everything so that's that's kind of as you mentioned the, the non traditional ways that still impact people's lives so definitely thanks for sharing that yeah so the next question i have here is was there a particular moment that made you interested in pursuing your this career path yeah so when it was when my accounting for information systems professor he just took the first like 5 or 10 minutes of class and just started going into cybersecurity and and he was talking about how there's this huge deficit in jobs for it in the coming years there's going to be more of a need for it that that people hadn't really started to catch on to yet at the time and he kind of went into detail that I don't quite remember but it kind of touched each of the the resonating points with me one of them being the you know you're you're protecting people in a sense to the the potential future growth of it and and so i was like yeah i think it's probably smart if i go into that right right um so what do you think prepared you the most for success um in this field and so far to be able to get this new position you just got i think it's really been all of the the mentors that i've had from the first moment that i stepped into cybersecurity in my organization i've had people that have really had my back and and helped point me in the right direction with my growth whether it be from pointing me to good learning resources or kind of throwing me in the deep end of things and saying you know get in there figure it out and it really built a mentality in me that 
okay, there's not always going to be a process for everything that there's not always going to be a straightforward answer, but get in there, figure it out and build something out of it. If, if there isn't a clear cut path and, and just make it work. So I, I really just try to jump into any work that I get. And it's, it's helped me never get to a point where I get hung up on things where I'll, I'll find the right people or keep trying different things and and um just having that mentality and then having the right support in the career path is has really helped me prepare for this right right that's something i also um, can resonate with because having mentors in any in any industry in any field is a very important part of having a successful career and as well as the ability to be innovative to stay hungry because mm -hmm. as you mentioned not every there may not always be a process for everything so that ability to think outside the box is something that can never be taught in school you, you just have to pick it up along the way so thanks thanks for sharing that yeah and and i mean you you've seen it too where there's there's things that especially since cybersecurity is new there's things that that have existed for a long time to where there were either no controls in place or no one was looking at it to where people kind of just let it go by the wayside, kind of understood like, oh, that's that's always been there. So just leave right. it. Right. And really having the, I don't know what the word would be, not foresight, mm. I guess, uh, I don't know, sixth sense. <laughs> right. We can right. throw something better in there. But, right. but to really see it and say, you know what, I need to start ringing some bells with, with somebody or, or finding the right people, because it might be that it's not getting work because the right people aren't aware of it. It might be something that executive leadership has a, a huge problem with or, or something they really want to improve upon, but it's just that everyone assumes that that's how it's always been. So never bring it up to anybody. So when you see something that is of concern or you think that needs to be built, be vocal. Right, right, right. That's definitely helpful. Um, it, it's it's something that is I cannot stress it enough because a lot of people find themselves stuck, and they don't seem to understand how to get themselves unstuck, without realizing that just the ability to just be vocal, speak up, ask questions will go a long way. So definitely, thank you, thank you. The next thing I have here is what hard and soft skills did you develop early in your career that have served you well up to this point. What would you define hard skills as? Um, I mean, hard skills like um, technical skills, the ability to to identify what's going on within an alert, the ability to, I guess, write computer programs. Those would be the technical skills. And then the soft skills would be anything that's, I guess, non-technical, like human-to-human -human interactions and so on. Okay, gotcha. So I know how to balance a balance sheet. Now, that's not <laughs> quite uh, relevant to this. Right. <laughs> Right, right. But really, I think the strongest thing that, that I've developed in my time in cybersecurity is being able to understand either an alert or some kind of strange, suspicious network or, or IT activity, because the, the way that the security operations center I've worked in is set up, there's a lot of logs and resources at my disposal to be able to look at things from a couple different perspectives. So I'm not the most technical person. I'm, I'm no 
subject matter expert in any single one of our tools, but I do know when I'm looking at something that is an issue that that needs to be addressed or when I'm looking at something that would be a false positive, something that triggered as malicious but isn't. So being able to do that analysis is definitely one of my stronger hard skills and log analysis. And then right. the soft skills, the strongest I would say is being able to be versatile in my communication based on who I'm talking to, because to, to address some of the issues we come across, you can either be talking to another analyst on another team. So a very frontline employee that you're just trying to explain something. You could be talking to another security team that you're trying to explain what control needs to be implemented. You could be talking to executive leadership. And then for incidents, you can be talking to any one of those groups, but also in a high stress setting because of the critical nature of what you're working. So right. having to deal with a myriad of issues over my time in cybersecurity, I've been able to develop a good process for communication and adjusting based on who I'm talking with. And, and it's helped resolve things quicker. Right. Um, that's also something I can definitely relate with. Um, the ability to, I guess, adapt to any situations that you're faced with, which is something I've also um, come across during my own um, career so far. Mm -hmm. uh, just that being able to even know when to switch to different roles and different um, scenarios is also a big, big factor. Definitely. Right. So um, which one has been more valuable in your career? Is it your education or your experience? That's interesting. I would say as I've progressed, obviously my experience is more important. So the, the longer you're in the field, especially in my situation, when you've grown with a single company, the experience and the things that you've accomplished are known in the organization. So it, it helps you tremendously because people see what you're doing as you're doing it. So when you do go and apply for another position, they already know everything you've done. Right, right. So so it's helpful in that respect. But definitely at the beginning, when you don't have that experience, the education part is, is all you have. So it's almost like the, the education and all the papers and <laughs> certifications are, are kind of your right of entry. And then after that point, your experience is what helps push you forward. Right. Um, I agree with the way you just described it. Um, as, a, as a newcomer, education is what gets your foot in the door. And then with, with your time spent, then you start to gather experience, which interestingly not a lot of people actually build experience within their role they just go to work it's just to get paid and they don't necessarily add anything to the experience so it's as good as them mm -hmm. being stuck in year one forever so that's that's a very key distinction to to have yep it's about uh i guess performing as opposed to just working something right. like that <laughs> right right so yep. it's all yep. on you yeah Yep. Yep. So, um, how do you motivate yourself and your team to, in your day-to-day -day work functions? Well, really it's just about reminding that, that we just talked about, you know, that what we do impacts the security of the clients that we work for, whether that client be a company, individuals, or a government, what have you, you know, it, it's about making people remember that's what we're here for because depending on what role you have in in cybersecurity it can be some things that are very cumbersome and and 
at times feeling mundane that are just, you know, you're going through the motions, but you have to look at what you're doing that for, whether it's reviewing alerts, whether it's doing risk assessments for third parties before your company goes into business with them, just reviewing contract language and the architecture of their systems. It can be it can be boring at times, but your vigilance in finding that one alert that is an attack or in finding that one piece of that vendor's network that is not secure in the contract and having them address it or choosing not to go with that vendor can have a huge impact. So I try to remind the team to keep that in mind. And then also, I I always stay working things myself, too. So I'm I'm trying to guide the team in the things that they do from day to day, but also show them that I'm willing to and will do it myself. So I don't ask people to do things that I wouldn't do. Right, right. That's um, definitely a key a key factor to have in mind. Um, regardless of your team, the size of your team or your role in the team, a, a good leader is always ready to do hands-on job. So that way, you're not just telling them what to do. You're basically showing them what to do because they can also see you doing it. So that's a very, very important way to motivate people. So um, what does a typical workday look like for you, um, sunrise to sunset, or depending on your schedule or hours of working that day? So currently, I wake up at the normal times. I start my shift. I go from seven to about four and i'll just get on look at alerts look at email related intakes that we have so potential incidents that can get reported there's usually shift turnover reports that i can reference to see if there was anything significant that happened and that's just working throughout the day for whatever issues come through and there's always some project work sprinkled in there <laughs> once in a while that you got to move because in security operations, you, you have to do the alert and incident response work that comes through, but you also have to work on things that help propel the organization forward. So that requires right. setting time aside for project work, whatever that may be. And then because of the way that the security operations center is set up, sometimes I got to cover for people. So sometimes I'll work double shifts and and those can either be the evening or overnight but for for my normal schedule it's just monday through friday seven to four right so in line with that um question what do you like to do outside of work outside of work i like to watch anime <laughs> and, and read books just books not related to cybersecurity. i'm sorry i gotta <laughs> right 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 i i, I gotta keep it uh, keep things balanced yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then i I go to the gym a lot and then I'm in I'm in a soccer league and I also coach my five year old daughter's soccer team. Nice, nice. Do you still drink the V eight um tomato juice? Oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so for for everybody listening, when when Bid and I worked in this same team, I came into the office and I didn't have a full lunch. I was like, oh, I need something for like my vegetables because I didn't pack a salad. So I went and I grabbed a V8. And then we look at the 
the nutrition facts and the sodium is at like 900 milligrams yep. or something. <laughs> Just yep. like, oh, okay, a heart attack. <laughs> Should not have had a V8. So no, yeah. I don't drink those Got it, got it, got it. Um, and this is not like a product endorsement or knockdown on um, V8. It's a great product for those that like it. So we're just we're just having fun here so yeah, yeah. so just just drink like a gallon of water after you drink one yep. <laughs> to balance it. okay so um the next question i have here is what advice would you give someone who is interested in pursuing a career in cybersecurity? so i i would tell them to get started where they can themselves because like i told you about now i got my start I kind of started attacking it from all sides. So started with the schooling or if you can't afford to get into the schooling piece, go for the certifications. So the CEH, that's the certified ethical hacker one or, or any others. You won't be able to get the the more prominent ones like the CISSP without experience, but the ones that, that don't have that requirement, go for those. And as you're doing that, start reaching out to people either in the company you work at or just people in your network, family, LinkedIn, wherever. People could connect you to someone who is in that field who may be able to get your foot in the door in it. Right. Um, so um, thanks thanks for those um, insights and advice. It's something I always try to encourage people to also do. Um, you, you never know what your comfortable level would be unless you try so many different things. So it could be that you are interested in risk or vulnerability management or whatever aspect of cybersecurity, but you, you only know that by getting into the field first and then being interested, being um, dialed in, um, ready to do put all the work like you mentioned earlier, and then you kind of go from there. So thanks for sharing that. Yep, agreed. So where do you see the cybersecurity industry going in the nearest future? So hopefully it'll get a little bit more, I guess, organized because the I guess the way that it grew was kind of out of a panic. <laughs> because right. as as things started to go more, we'll say digital, the the threat actors, hackers, whatever you want to call them, were were always there and years ahead of everyone until things started to go more digital and the problems started to become larger. So I feel like there was an overreaction of okay, let's just you know huge amounts of spending on cybersecurity, just throw all these tools at it. And really without too much thought into, okay, how does this go well with our environment? Is this the right tool? Do we need that much spending? Do we need this much headcount? Does everybody need to be a principal in our organization? Should we have no entry-level jobs? So hopefully it starts to evolve into something. I think it'll still be big, but something that's more organized, like, like an accounting finance industry type function within organizations to where it's not so chaotic, if that makes sense. Right. It does, actually, because an analogy I like to use is I compare cybersecurity with the medical field a lot. And this thing you mentioned about being organized, we can see it in medicine. Um, Even when you look at pediatrics, 
there is so many elements and departments and subfields within pediatrics that everyone knows what everyone's role is within one hospital, um, especially the specialist hospitals. You can see 10 different doctors and they don't overlap in their roles with each other. No one steps on anyone's toes. Or within cybersecurity, we can't really say that because if you're talking about, for example, digital forensics, and if you ask five different analysts about what they think about digital forensics, you get five different answers. And that's not to mention incident response or threat intelligence or every other subfield within cybersecurity. And that just leads to overstepping and everyone siloing information. No one is willing to share what they know or how they know what they know. And at the end of the day, the, the organization is just stagnant because nothing is moving forward. And that's just how the industry is. So I agree with um, the, the organization. It, it needs to be more organized, at least to for, for success to be to be forthcoming um, very soon. So thanks for sharing that. Yep. So are there any books you're currently reading? Um, it doesn't have to be cybersecurity related books. Um, I know you, you're an author. Um, um, I, would, I would also put links to your book in the show notes. Um, any books you're currently reading or TV shows you're currently watching? I'm watching Demon Slayer nice. and My Hero Academia. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I, I just finished Don Quixote nice. and I'm trying to start uh, The Divine Comedy by Dante Algieri. Nice, nice. But uh, I haven't gotten around to it because Don Quixote was a big book. But I've been considering instead of doing that, starting to read all the star wars books oh wow i think there's i think there's like 40 wow because <laughs> I, I i like star wars i don't know if i like it that much but i'm thinking about it. <laughs> got it so are there any quotes um that motivate or inspire you quotes no i don't think so no <laughs> there, there's okay. no like daily quote that i'm like i'm gonna go be this today no, I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes I see some and it's like, oh, yeah, I like that. Right. Um, so to wrap up, how can people get in touch with you? Um, I'm just going to plug all your contact information in the show notes. Um, and also, like I mentioned, your book, um, I think that was published back in 2018, right? Yeah, I think it was then. Right. And right. I would say have them go to you first and then you vet them <laughs> and let me know if I should talk to them. That works. That works. <laughs> So um, that's, um, I guess, that's all we have for um, this this episode with Paul O'Connor. Um, is there anything else you would like to add or include that you feel we didn't touch on? No, I think it was uh, good stuff. I don't have anything to add to it. And, and thank you for having me again. It was nice talking with you again. Thank you. Thank you. And if we want to invite you next time, hope you'll be able to join us. Of course. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Paul O'Connor. Thanks for joining us. The Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alone Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. 
You can also get in touch on Twitter at BitPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Bit, as well as on the Wisdom app at Bidemi. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.